Welcome to episode 14 of Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins, your host as always. You can check out the print version at my Substack, my newsletter, that's E-O-I-N-H-I-G-G-I-N-S dot Substack dot com. Uh, and please, if you are listening on the app, subscribe to Flashpoint Podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Serbian tennis star Novak uh, Djokovic and kind of the people surrounding him, one person in particular in the kind of movement that, uh, that he's a part of that has been termed conspirituality, which is kind of, uh, I, I describe it in, in my newsletters, emerging of new age mysticism and right-wing conspiracy theories that's on the rise in the age of COVID. Um, it's an ideology of libertarian selfishness that uses the global consciousness language of the spirituality movement as cover. And Djokovic, uh, who is the number one men's tennis player in the world, uh, has been an adherent to this ideology. He is, uh, you know, firmly opposed to vaccines. He said this, you know, in 2020, April 2020, as pandemic was raging. He said that he was firmly opposed to them. Um, and his behavior has caught up with him. He was deported from Australia on January 16th on Sunday. Uh, that deportation will last for three years. Although, you know, if he does get, and the reason he's been de- deported is because he's not vaccinated or refuses to get vaccinated. Now it is possible that if he gets the vaccine that he may uh, be allowed in because I guess the visas are kind of dependent on your behavior. But for now, uh, he's banned. It looks like he is not going to be allowed into France for the French Open. And there are open questions about whether or not he's going to be allowed into the U.S. uh, for the U.S. Open or even the U.K. for Wimbledon. So he's missing out on a lot of stuff. And I mean, that is you know, his, his decision, he's, he's made that choice. So, uh, you know, he's, he's just going to have to live with it. So you might be asking, you know, where is all of this coming from? And one of the reasons I think for Djokovic's anti-vax conspiritualist beliefs is his association with Chervin Jeffria which I think that's the way that you say it. And he is California real estate tycoon turned wellness guru. And Javaria also denies efficacy of vaccines, questions of severity and cause of the pandemic, and has some other interesting views, such as um, he believes that you can change the molecular structure of water by thinking at it. Um, And He's he's quite into the 5G idea that 5G is behind COVID and a whole host of other of other bad things. So to talk about this, um, I'm joined by Antonio Valadares, uh, who is a fitness expert and fitness historian uh, and who has uh, his own experience with the wellness industry and conspiritualism, conspiritualism. Um, and Antonio, thank you for joining us. Can you just, uh, tell us a little bit about 
you know, your background in, in this industry and, and your, uh, your expertise. Antonio. There you are. Okay. Can you, can you hear me now? Yep. You're good. All right, cool. So yeah, real quick, my background is, um, I became a vegetarian, uh, as a teenager. I was a vegetarian for almost 20 years. And then in the early 90s, I became a certified personal trainer and a massage therapist. The Being a vegetarian, for a lot of people, not for everyone, but for a lot, it's uh, somewhat of uh, like an ethical or spiritual worldview. Like it started for me, it started off as, you know, compassion or nonviolence towards animals. And you can see... Um, for me, that was the, the initial reason. And then you get into some environmental issues. So there's different reasons people get into this stuff. But for me, that's what it was. Um, and then, you know, I was into yoga and martial arts uh, from a young age. In the early 90s, I went to India to study yoga. I went to India a few times. I became a personal trainer and massage therapist in New York City. So as a personal trainer, I just did strength training and I really didn't promote or push any spiritual or vegetarianism, right? Um, then I think in the late 90s, Paul Check started getting a little bit more popular. His institute was getting more popular. And the well, let's, industry yeah, let's 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 hold off on Check just for a second and and just um, talking about your journey. So you had been to India and then you went back to New York. Um, and, and what, what were you doing in the meantime, like before Polichek? Cause I'd like you to kind of explain who he is and how you, how, how you came to encounter him. So when you become a personal trainer, you typically get certified. There's at the time there was only about four or five certification organizations. Now there's like, or at least before COVID there was like 200 different certifications. It's kind of ridiculous. So in the, in the early days, you know, like in the 80s, personal training was done by bodybuilders. And then you also had some athletic coaches. But in the 90s, it started to get a little more popular. So when you become a trainer, you get certified. And, you know, you learn some exercise science and some concepts. So the standard personal training certifications, you know, there's... You, it's, it's relatively good. It's not, these are all business, corporate businesses. They just want customers and, you know, of course, but you do, you can learn some good stuff and you can apply it and you can help people get great results. So at some point, because I was already interested in like spiritual concepts, um, Paul Check was a trainer and he had a, his own certification system. There's a couple of other independent people like Paul Check and, and Charles Poliquin. They were big names in the late 90s and early 2000s. And they were like personal trainer certifications, but they had more physical therapy and orthopedic concepts built in. And some what we would consider were what people would say Eastern medicine, right? Like some elements of Ayurveda or Chinese medicine. So they were they they positioned themselves as you know integrated East and West, the best of both worlds, you know ancient wisdom and modern science. So 
a lot of people do this now, but they were pioneers at the time. And at the same time in the 90s, the yoga industry was growing and becoming more corporatized as well. So as a personal trainer, you typically pursue continuing education. You go, you know, you do seminars and, you know, if you want to, of course, you can develop your knowledge base and your skill set. So Paul Check um, was appealing to me because he had this whole contrarian uh, persona, as well as he integrated some Eastern concepts. Okay, so then, you know, you read some of his books, some of his literature, and take some workshops, and then I pursued the certification programs. So overall, I had a great experience, have no regrets, but you learn a whole bunch of ideas, not just with within Paul Check's system, but also in the corporate yoga industry as well. And anybody can learn these ideas. If you go like to Yoga Journal or Yoga International Magazine or Gaia, the biggest you know, online web store, or you go to any new age bookstore, like all these ideas are, you know, found all throughout these different industries or groups. So they're not like obscure. They're really common. And then, you know, Oprah promoted a lot of like, you know, self-help and new age stuff as well. So these ideas were already pretty common. It started getting really common, uh, like in the 80s and then 90s, it really took off. In the 2000s, it just became trendy and very popular. So you do multiple types of certifications with check and with other people, other groups. So there's like a holistic lifestyle coaching module and the exercise component. You learn an enormous amount of assessments. And ultimately what that means is you're learning a whole bunch of ways to find fault in people's body because nobody's perfect. And all these assessments and evaluations, a lot of them do come from physical therapy, but he also integrated some chiropractic stuff as well. So whenever you get into like massage, like massage is the worst, like massage therapists are the most superstitious people around. They're just not as vocal or as out, you know, outspoken as all these others. But Paul Cech sort of integrated like new age spirituality and self-help or life coaching modules. And then if you look at the people from the secret, remember the secret? The, the Yeah, that was like late 2000s, right? Yeah, so that was um, the same thing. Same thing. It's self-help plus new age spiritualism. So the thing is, is when you get into this stuff, you learn like really superficial and cherry picked ideas of history. And, you know, history takes a lot of work to really learn it. So when you go into these fields and you do these classes or workshops or seminars or you read the books, you learn some aspects of history. You think you're learning about like this, you know, this esoteric, like this secret, you know, spiritual past from the 19th century where these dudes were really, you know, they were wise and they were heroes, but they were misunderstood. Right. So. Over time, yeah, I learned a lot. I had a good experience as a Czech practitioner, a lot of good friends. You know, we do these, like, week-long seminars out in Southern California at the Czech Institute. Yeah, I mean, what time period was this exactly? I mean, like... this this is the early 2000s. And and how long were you involved with Czech? Uh, I was a Czech practitioner for about 10 years. So, and what that means is I'm a personal trainer who does holistic lifestyle coaching. So with the holistic aspect, 
it's a little tricky because sometimes like okay someone comes to see you as a personal trainer and like oh they're you know they're stressed they want to get fit you know like so you can use a holistic model okay so what that means is you look at their sleep they're not sleeping well so let's work on improving your sleep and we'll do some exercise and then some people may be unfulfilled so you encourage some you know spiritual development do some meditation read some books yada yada so sometimes it can be simple but more often these are also very deep um, concepts that lead to other ideas all these holistic and spiritual ideas are attached to other ideas there's a whole network or constellation of beliefs and ideas that are attached so you get into one thing you're eventually going to get into another and it continues so at some point i just started getting skeptical um and i realized a lot of these assessments aren't necessary my clients got good results because they were just doing strength training but I was doing a lot of assessments, and then you design programs based on your assessments. And like I said, some of these come from physical therapies, and so some of them are useful. People have pain or, you know, old unresolved injuries, stuff like that. So I just started getting skeptical at some point. And then also because I come from a spiritual background, like a lot of things Paul Chek was teaching I was already familiar with, and I had already kind of experienced or had already kind of rejected or got skeptical of some. So... That was and what and, and what spiritual background exactly is is this what you were talking about before when you were when you were traveling yeah, to before, India that kind of stuff yeah yeah like I was really into yoga culture and you know and, and vegetarian and you know, I did a lot of yoga and I believed in these what you learn in yoga is actually not real like Orthodox Hinduism it's actually Neo Hinduism a lot of it's influenced by British Raj education. And this is one thing that the Conspirituality Podcast does well, is they break down all these 19th century gurus and all the eugenics ideas and bullshit that's in their their literature. So you learn these superficial ideas, and hopefully at some point you get skeptical. So my background was from spiritual more towards skepticism and then becoming more science literate over time. Paul Cech was going in the other direction, going towards more spiritual, and then he really started doing healing um, there's this whole industry and culture on calling yourself a healer or a shaman. And it's, you know, ultimately what it means is that you're playing the role of a clergy and a healer and you have like mystical powers and your thoughts create your disease so that therefore, you know, you got to change your thoughts and start thinking positive thoughts so this is the secret and the law of attraction, and this is called the mind cure. And this all, all, all of this comes from 19th century. Um, people like Steiner and Blavatsky and a whole bunch of other people. So these movements were actually really big in the mid to late 19th century and early 20th century. The, uh, William James wrote about it. If you ever want to read something fascinating, William James wrote uh, in the varieties of religious experience. He has like two chapters on what was then the new uh, 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 sort of a modern new age spiritual movement. And they were mostly Christian, like Protestant Americans who embraced these esoteric or what some people would call the occult um, ideas. And it's positive thinking and mind cure. You can cure any disease by thinking the right thoughts. What this implies is if you have a disease or an injury, it's because you thought the wrong thoughts. And then also uh, in Europe, this was even bigger, more popular in Europe. It was massive in Europe. And so 
one of the like central beliefs of these different spiritual cultures and fitness and wellness, natural foods cultures. This is, this is sorry. It's like late 19th century, right? Mid to late 19th century and early 20th century. Got it. So the sort of the natural foods, the against uh, medicine, you know, these ideas, they, they, they mostly came from Europe. Like naturopathy, everyone's heard of like naturopathy and homeopathy. Like these come from Europe and they're really popular at the time. So it's fascinating when you get into it, but it's only fascinating if you don't know history, number one. And once you really start taking a deep dive into uh, European or American history, 19th century history, you can learn a lot more. And you can see how superficial all these ideas that you get from these different spiritual groups or uh, workshops or people or whatever. So, like, Paul Cech isn't that unique. Like, all of these people teach the same thing. All the gurus in the, the secret, the law of attraction, or all these yoga gurus, they all teach the same stuff. There is, like, some superficial differences, and they use language. It's, it's really convincing because it's the language of loving humanity. And caring for humanity, but it's bullshit. And even like Dr. Oz just started, when he made his turn recently, his grift to become a politician, you look at all his first tweets. After he got rid of his website and made it a political website, all his website, all his tweets were like, oh, you know, we can cure you from what ills you. And, you know, um, I care about the common man. And so a lot of these, the language and the concepts are all the same and they're shared all throughout society. It's really popular, this stuff. So like when people say, oh, I'm spiritual, not religious, it's usually because they like these ideas. They don't identify with organized religion anymore. And as most of these people are like disaffected or disenfranchised Christians or would-be Christians, right? Right. So anyway, so the, the Paul Chad, he started getting more popular. His system got more popular. I was getting more skeptical around 2010. Um, I think so. I I I stopped being a vegetarian at some point, and but this was like a decade into it, and and this was when you walked away. And so probably around yeah. 2010 ish is when I really started getting skeptical and distanced myself from Czech Institute. Um, but it was also like not just the Czech Institute and some of these ideas. It was also like religion in general. Um, like 2001, I started. I started eating meat and then around two and then I was like paleo for a long time. And I thought I was eating ancestral because, you know, the ancient Indians and indigenous people and they're all shamans and they eat like this. And you learn all these ideas in holistic health and wellness culture, you know, but then when you would do some real research, you could see a lot of it's just not true. Um, or a lot of it is like appropriation and trying to, you know, pretend or claim that you're a shaman because you have some, we all come from an ancestral background. There's a whole movement called the ancestral health movement. And a lot of this is complete bullshit. Or I shouldn't say bullshit. It's like they use ideas. They use indigenous people to say, look, our diet is perfect. Look at these Indians or these native people or African tribesmen. So a lot of it's, in my opinion, a lot of it's really gross. It's exploitation and disrespectful. But anyway, so I started around 2010, started getting or skeptical to distance myself. And I got a lot more uh, skeptical in general. And, you know, I started reading Carl Sagan and I started 
uh, reading a lot of the literature that was already written on skepticism of health and wellness culture. And there's a lot of good stuff. So, so it took, for yeah. me, it took time. Like, it, it's not like I, like I didn't have one of these conversions or transformations that people have. I didn't have like an overnight transformation. Like I was into spiritual stuff for a long time and yoga for a long time. I had a good experience and I got skeptical over time. A lot of these people who get into holistic health and wellness or even weight loss, they have these like overnight transformations and they're basically becoming born again Christians just with different language. So it's the same kind of fanatical experience for some of the people. But the holistic health and wellness stuff is very appealing. The language is, is um, uh, it's, it sounds nice. It's pleasant. It sounds helpful and humanitarian. And it's not really, because if you actually listen to what these people say, you know, what, when they talk about health or being healthy, they're always referring to, the other people who are not healthy, whether it's obesity or people with pre-existing conditions or people with diseases. So, but when it's, you but understand it's always the their history, fault, it all though, makes right? sense. It's, it's always it's well, always so, perceived as their fault. Yeah, it is because that's the nature cure. If you have any disease state or any kind of issue, it's because you had wrong thoughts, you thought the wrong things, or you were not living according to nature's laws. So this all comes from uh, like the nature cure, the natural like health you know, natural living and natural health movement that mostly re really started in Europe, but then it was also very popular in 19th century uh, America. And the history of 19th century America is really based on the history of medicine. At the time, medicine was still developing. It wasn't really that good. There was a lot of bloodletting and a lot of really harsh drugs like mercury and you know, there was it was kind of brutal. So a lot of these people that became gurus and developed these systems like osteopathy, chiropractic, naturopathy, uh, homeopathy, all of these different systems that were invented. Then a lot of it was based in opposition to modern medicine of the time. So when someone gets into holistic health and wellness, they develop this identity. They learn it. And it's based on an identity that is based on opposition to modern or mainstream or what they call allopathic medicine. So but at the time, know, that was back, yeah. you know, this was the early 19th century. And medicine took, you know, the history of medicine takes time. You, you know, they, they didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have good hospitals. So a lot of people died. And so you see all these doctors and a lot of their patients are dying and shit and like bloodletting all over the place. There's a lot of hard drugs and a lot of the cures or remedies had heroin and cocaine in them. So they developed an identity and an industry and a professional coaching career or field at the time. And most of it was based in opposition to mainstream medicine, which was, you know, was archaic back then. Right. So all of these ideas were constructed into an, a cultural identity and a career path, and they still the ideas still survived. And right. there's other so, el so there's I, elements so, to it as well. But yeah, so so I just I, I wanted to kind of bring us back to uh, to Djokovic and and to uh, Jafaria, which is like it's interesting listening to you talk about this mentality from the 19th century. Um, which, which I realize, like you're tying that to Jack, and you're tying that to 
today, but you're like specifically talking about like these specific ideas, right? That I so when I looked at uh, Chervin Javaria, and 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 for those of you just joining us, uh, Chervin Javaria is a wellness guru that Novak Djokovic uh, is is like is like strongly connected to, and Javaria. Uh, he, he gives, he, he's given a, like a number of interviews about what he was like when he was younger, what he was like when he was, you know, e- e- even when he was in his twenties, but when he talks about being a child and, and, and talks about how he changed, uh, and he only started this wellness thing like a couple of years ago, but he does, he talks about the same kind of stuff. Like he talks about, Hey, I was rejecting the mainstream. I was rejecting, um, the way that, the way that we are living our lives and the way that, you know, the way that everybody's interacting with the world is the wrong way. And, and, and that's, what's causing all of these diseases. Obviously, you know, he, he talks about uh, 5g and, and other kind of more ridiculous things um, as the reason. And I'm just kind of like curious as to how you would tie, because he's good friends with Paul check who you've mentioned and, and you know a lot about Czech and how you would kind of tie those two together as part of this kind of larger, like, quote unquote, wellness movement. So Chervin is not uh, an actual Czech practitioner, proper certified practitioner, but he's uh, is, it doesn't matter. He's like friends with uh, Paul Czech and he's a basically a disciple or student. So you could still do like he may not have done all these courses, but it doesn't matter. You could still read his stuff and be a fan or whatever. So. When, like, Chervin, he, um, like, you can just scroll through his IG. They all say the same thing. Like, this is what people don't seem to recognize. All these holistic health and wellness coaches and healers or life coaches or whatever, like, they're all saying the same thing. Um, the So even though Chervin may not be, like, a proper Czech practitioner, I believe he hasn't done any certification. Or if he did, it was just a holistic health lifestyle coach stuff so it's all the same stuff you know and it's it's all new age spirituality but it's under the umbrella of wellness or holistic health and you know like i said it's really appealing to a lot of people especially if you're not very science literate or you don't know history so all the things that he's taught uh uh so i don't what did he what did the jokovic say he's anti-vax he um like whatever you read about when he talks about holistic health or public health, including vaccines, it's all the same. You're, it's sort of overstating their natural health and their natural diet, and they believe it makes them healthy and impervious to disease. And everyone who else who has disease, it's because they're low consciousness, they're low frequency beings. Um, they don't meditate or do things. It's all ideological conformity. You're just shaming and blaming other people. And especially shaming and blaming poor folks or people with disease. It's fucking gross when you really listen to it. So there's nothing unique. If you look at J.P. Sears or all his buddies, they all call themselves healers, master healers. Like, dude's 25 years old and he calls himself a master healer. Another dude is, you know, like 30 and he calls himself a, sh- a shaman. He's like some dude from San Diego. Like, it's, it's, it's supremely arrogant, in my opinion. And... When you listen to all of these people, it's not just arrogant, but it's also very narcissistic. 
you know, like not only the titles they give themselves, but all of these things come back to I'm healthy. I'm better than these other people. All these other people aren't doing the right thing. That idea is all that that's naturopathy. That's the origin of naturopathy. Yeah, it's is, like it's like combined with like the kind of like success when like Instagram uh, kind of influencer idea, like like the two like merge quite well together. They do. And if there's some other people like there's this dude in New Zealand who's even more popular than Shervin and, and JP Sears. He's massively popular. And it's the same exact, it's the same rhetoric, same language, same concepts. And it's just magical thinking, you know? And a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it's really narcissistic thinking. Like you think you're better than everyone else. You think you have insight, you know, because you have some, they believe that they have tapped into the universal consciousness. So they know more than everybody else. And everyone else is, you know, like I said, low consciousness, not spiritual enough. And if you get sick, it's because you didn't live according to natural law, you know. And another big component of this, when this all of this was really constructed and created as an identity and a career path, the early 19th century Jacksonian America, a big part of that is being a contrarian at that time. You know, if you look at the history of like Andrew Jackson in that time frame, he was very much anti-intellectual or anti-proper -edu education, right? Because education or institutions and schooling was elite and, you know, out of touch with the common man. So you see these, these, these threads of contrarianism. They all have this. And a lot of that comes from early, um, in, you know, Jacksonian America. Anti-establishment is being, you know, being a contrarian makes you a, a hero. We're anti-establishment. Um, because they believe they're at the time they were believed to be the common man and they were against the elite. So all of these ideas were built into the wellness and holistic health uh, identity and career. And so they still it's still a big component. Uh, you know, their identity is based on being a contrarian and anti-establishment, which is mostly bullshit, you know. So. But yeah. the biggest the biggest thing is the identity is based on being healthy and it's built in opposition to an unhealthy other. You're only healthy because you're judging other people as less than. So there's a lot of this um, these dichotomies, this this very binary thinking. It sounds spiritual and holistic, but it's actually really superficial, very binary. Like you're either healthy or you're not. You know, and the thing with vaccines, if you look at history. Vaccines and mandates and quarantines, they've also been around since the mid-19th century, late 19th century. And if you look at the data and you study history, we know that these things work. You know, like the, especially in Germany, it was really big. As soon as vaccines were uh, invented, anti-vaccine movement started. And so it's always been political, but these things have always been around. You can look at the data. I have an article coming out on this, on the history. And the you know vaccines and the mandates and the quarantine. You have to have mandates and quarantines if the people don't give a fuck. So if the people don't care and they're not that interested, you know, sometimes people like they don't see all the disease and the suffering, so they don't really care too much. And then some people really think that they're healthy and they're not going to get sick because they're immune. It's like my immune system is superior, and this is all just uh, you know very. Like it's popular with the wellness yeah. culture, but it's it's very superficial. They don't really understand the the, the depth of of the immune system and of health and disease.
I feel I feel like I would probably put Djokovic in the in the second one. I mean, he seems to he 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 and Chervin uh, 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 seem to think that they are just like they're special, like they're not you know uh, subject to the same rules because they yeah. are like too healthy to get sick. Right. Yeah, it's a it's it's a sense of spiritual superiority. That's exactly what it is. It's right. kind of hard for people to understand when I say that. But if you look at all these people, like the people who really sort of invented the New Age spirituality stuff, Steiner, Blavatsky, and then, you know, and then it was combined with um, evangelical Christianity in America. And then, um, like, then also prosperity gospel. So they do. They think they're better than spiritual superiority. And everyone else is unhealthy. And it's their choice. And then you have this American like hyper individualism built in. And that's where you know, over time in the 20th century, that's where the libertarian stuff comes from. It originally comes from Jacksonian America. And then it got really developed by libertarian politics over time, like the John Birch Society and Ron Paul. They all picked up on the health stuff. Medical freedom, health freedom. Their definition of freedom is fucking narcissism. They don't care. Well, they all sell supplements, right? I mean, it's all part of the same thing. It's all part of the same hustle. Yeah, and it, it, the whole thing is spiritual, but here are some material supplements which you need. So it's all contradictory. Right. If you really examine wellness ideology and the belief, this, the, the belief systems, it's just full of contradictions. It really is. And the supplements is a good example. Like, okay, so there's only like two or three or four supplements that work or that are useful. 90% or more of the supplement market is absolutely, completely ridiculous, nonsensical bullshit. It's pseudoscience. It's, you know, it, it doesn't work. We have good data on this. And it's a big part of their identity because you're taking charge, but you're also selling. So the selling of the supplements is a big thing with all of these dudes. It's a part of their identity. And when they promote, like when JP Sears is promoting, you know, some supplement or whenever Chervin is selling his fucking magic dust or whatever, like they believe they're doing a religious or spiritual service to humanity because they're saving humanity because they're spiritually superior and they know more, they know better. But they also supplements. And if you look at the 20th century, all these right-winger uh, libertarian types from the John Birch Society to Ron Paul and all these other guys, like they've been fighting the government uh, to not regulate supplements because they want to sell all kinds of stuff. And when you can sell all kinds of stuff, you can make all sorts of uh, claims, like health claims, and most of this stuff is simply not true. And there's really good data on this, and it's more important that people learn some basic science literacy and some skepticism or critical thinking, and you'll get much further. So if someone is interested in health and wellness, that's great. You know, we want you to work out, but you do not need all these supplements. Yeah, I think I think um, one thing just to kind of illustrate this point. So this guy, Chervin uh, Jeffrey, that we've been talking about, Nova, uh, Novak Djokovic's um, wellness guru. Uh, and, and I mentioned this in my article about this, but, you know, he, he posts, in my opinion, I believe the most undiagnosed his health issue in the history of mankind is parasites. And he posts on Instagram, he talks about like how you're breathing in microscopic eggs that uh, put uh, microscopic parasites into your organs and eat and, you know, that they're generational. I mean, it's just like a whole bunch of like fear mongering. And then, and then of course, you get to the one of the paragraph, which it says, our trademark triple threat zinc formulation was designed out the gate as a formula to enhance immunity throughout the body to increase T3 
connection with all receptors and to help stimulate natural hormones. It then evolved further with two forms of copper that work synergistically together to not only regulate energy levels in the body, but to also kill parasites that don't belong. And then he just goes on and on and on. And of course, you know, like the, the next post on his story is, you know, just a big jar of this stuff that he's trying to sell to you. And I noticed that if you go through just about like every single one of his posts, it's like this, he's, he's telling you about some like huge health challenge or health problem that maybe you haven't thought of because you don't, you know, you're, you're not an expert like him. And then always the solution always comes down uh, to purchase company, which is called a uh, uh, is Simbatoka. Um, and it's just, and it's just all of this stuff is like that. And I just think that it's interesting that, um, that what it all really comes down to is money for these guys. And, and Djokovic has bought like completely into it. And what he's doing right now is kind of like being their biggest advertisement because for as many people that are, you know, re- rejecting what he's saying because it's ridiculous. There, there are just as many people who are, you know, listening and supporting it, and and then and then you know amplifying these guys' message. And that has to be part of the part of the point, right? Yeah, <clears throat> it's ideological conformity. You, 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 they're attracted to, and stick with um, the only the people who say the same thing. And like what you were saying about parasites, is the, 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 the wellness model, when you look at the health and the concepts, is basically a health anxiety model, right? There's like fear of literally everything. So the earth, like, so, okay, the environment is full of poisons. You know, like they'll take a little bit of truth and make it disproportionate and sensationalize it and turn it into a marketing campaign. So there's, there, there's a fear of everything, including modern medicine and chemicals. And it's based on this, you know, superficial mythic past that they have in their minds. It's mostly imaginary. A lot of this stuff. Yeah, but yeah. And they're it's, afraid it's also, of everything. Sorry, I just, I just, I, I just want to say, just interrupt and say one thing. Not only based on a mythical past, but it's also based on this kind of like infantilizing myth of of what uh, indigenous societies were like as well. Like, there's like yeah. this kind of like magical, like they. They have this magical idea of of what these societies were like that just is not based in reality, but it works within their kind of their 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 ide- their ideology. Yeah, it does. So there's like I was saying, there's this whole ancestral health movement and paleo uh, people do this as well. Primal. Um, so and also these ideas started around um, the turn of the century as well. All of these, the whole thing comes from turn around the turn of the century. But the what they do with um, the mythic past is, you know, before industrialization, we were pure. We ran around naked in the woods. You know, we were all either cavemen or indigenous. So it's a very simple, oversimplified and superficial version of history they have. But they it's also very exploitative. So they use uh, African uh, or American indigenous um, in their marketing, and they use it to prove the point that their products are superior or that their ideas are, you know, amazing. We've taken the best from the past. But so the whole thing is before industrialization, they believe that 
and this is all throughout all health and wellness stuff. You read, you, you read it all. They're afraid of processed food. Processed food is poison. You listen to the fucking language. Like processed food is poison. No, it's not poison. It's you know okay, so it's you know, high calories and you know yada yada, but it's not poison. And the whole idea is it's like very luddite, very like fear of modernity. Um, so the idea was either back in the the, the caveman days or just prior to um, agriculture or just prior to industrialization, and we were pure, right? So they have this idea that there was a purity and we were, you know, like a super connection with nature and the cosmos. And then industrialization or modernization kind of ruined it all. And now we live in a poison world and they have fear of everything, fear of, you know, poison in the tap water and poison in the air we breathe. You know, even the clothing is not healthy if it's synthetic. And, you know, even the music, like, I remember that dude from The Secret, his name was James Ray. He was one of the biggest uh, gurus that um, Oprah promoted. He was a big guy in in The Secret. So he got really successful after that. And then eventually some people died in his workshop and he just got out of jail recently. Netflix has a good documentary. I encourage everyone to check out the documentary. I think it's still on Netflix. It's called enlighten me or enlighten us is about james ray and like he pretended to be a native shaman and so he took people into a sweat lodge but he brought like 50 people into a small sweat lodge and then like several people died and he didn't own up to it he was like oh well you know they could have left if they really wanted to like and there's some like sociopathic shit in there too you know not just like narcissistic thinking but really like Contempt for others, complete disregard for others. And it's based on this sense of spiritual superiority. And they all sell supplements because it, you know, we're spiritual. But here, here's a million things to do with your body. Um, so it's all the same. If you really look at all these gurus and all these different schools, they're all saying the same thing. Djokovic is just re- repeating what he's hearing or learning from someone he admires and you know, Chervin isn't saying anything unique. There's a JP Sears, his whole crew. There's a whole crew of holistic health bros. And they all say the same thing. They literally exactly the same thing. And they all sell supplements. And even some of the – look at the, uh, the the moon juice. There was an article that came out on moon juice or whatever this company was like a, a, a one or two weeks ago. There's an article on how, like, abusive these people are, the way they run their companies – like the wellness, spiritual people, or they treat their employees like shit. Yeah. And, and yeah. I forget what the name of the article was, but it came out in the last week. There was a couple of articles recently on these spiritual new age health companies um, and how um, just, just, just shitty people. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, you know, when you're talking about these kind of, uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of use this, words slightly humorously, but this like kind of these guys with these paleo conservative beliefs, right? Where they, they believe that before industrialization, uh, you know, the world, the world was a better place. And they believe that, that, that we were pure then. And that, I mean, that's a fundamentally conservative view, right? That's a fundamentally, uh, I mean, like that is what conservatism is to, to an extent. And I think that you, you know, when you introduce, the idea of the supplements and like you were saying, like that, you know, they don't like the regulations for obvious reasons because they wanted to sell more of them, of, of course, but also it, there's, 
this kind of intersection of right-wing conservative uh, beliefs that makes sense with the wellness industry and makes sense with these anti-vast conspiracies. And that's kind of where you end up with someone like Djokovic, who has this platform and who's very... Uh, I'm going to mute you for a second here, buddy. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, you know, but you have somebody who's who has these beliefs and and they're kind of broadcasting it to the world in a way that is promoting people like Chervin and people like J.P. Sears, who, and in J.P. Sears' case, have gone well to the right at this point. Um, and actually, just a little side note on J.P. Sears, you were saying that uh, to me in DMs that his his wife is uh, has COVID now, and it's, but which is like kind of does not really line up with the way that they're believed because they don't really even believe that it's real, right? Even though she yeah. does have it. Yeah, a couple of his buddies got it. They did a retreat, and one of his buddies got it, and it was weird because the kid admitted he got sick. But even in his admission, he was still kind of in denial, like you can see that. And then he deleted his social media and haven't heard from him since. And it was just, it's ultimately, it's really sad. But it was weird because you could see that he has, you know, you spend so much, you invest so much time and energy teaching this idea that it's, it's not true, it's you know, a conspiracy, or it's, you know, just a cold or a minor flu or whatever. And then the, this guy got sick. And then he just like deleted his stuff. And I'm, I would imagine he's going through all sorts of, you know, like cognitive dissonance and confusion and they don't know how to really deal with it. The thing with JP's wife. So I didn't, I just saw um, that she got sick and, and then they go hard with supplements and saunas and there's 15, like, just like Joe Rogan did, if he even got sick and, you know, like we're all taking that, a lot of these dudes taking their word at face value, but like, oh, I did this, I did that, I did all these things. It's because they believe in these supplements, you know, and they believe that they do these, have these benefits. And so when something happens, they have, you know, like static or confusion, cognitive dissonance. They don't really understand it. It's ultimately sad. And JP's wife, I know that she got sick like a week or two ago. And I only know this because the Conspirituality podcast, they uh, mentioned it. And then she got really pissed. And made some posts about, um, you know, why are you saying this about me? You guys are terrible. But, like, you know, if you're going to be a public figure, you should expect some criticism, right? Yeah. Especially well, there's going to be some blowback, especially if, if something that you've been talking about yeah. that, you know, isn't, isn't serious happens to you. But, you know, I, but Djokovic, too, you know, back, you know, it, over the last, like, couple of years has been having, like, these big parties has been has been having you know ma- no mask uh, events at his at his place and at other you know at, at other resorts and stuff that he goes to. Um, it just seems like there's like they're just like not living in the same world that that the rest of us are. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to like what what do you what do you think about what's happened with him in Australia? And what's about to happen to him? It sounds like in France, and possibly even here. I mean, what do, what do you think uh, the reaction to that is going to be? Both for 
for him, right, and and for Chervin and for for the people who surround him. I mean, how are they going to react to that? Because I that think, is like that is like a real world consequence that you can't just you know wish away like that. Like that's something that that is reality. Yeah. So I think part of this is that. You know, they when you believe in these things, you have this imagined community, you know, because you're surrounded with some friends who think the same. You believe in natural immunity as superior to everything else. Like, I think the most obvious thing is all these guys are going to go to martyr route. So if he, you know, if he gets rejected or deported or whatever, um, they're just going to make him a martyr. Oh, see, you know, the government is bad and like... um you know, they're just going to double down and keep going with this like medical freedom thing. And I think that these movements are going to continue to grow. But if he it, whatever happens with Djokovic, I think it's just going to feed or fuel their 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 fire for their narcissistic and all their marketing stuff. You know, um, no matter what happens, he already, you know, made his stand. Oh, I'm anti-vax. And. You know, if you look at all these guys, IG, they all say the same thing. They're already deep and they're not they're detached from reality. Like, <clears throat> oh, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of good criticism of healthcare and of the government. Right. But their version is, you know, we're being persecuted because we want to be natural or whatever. Like it's a misunderstanding of natural health. It's an overstating the benefits. And it's really a lack of concern like disregard for the well-being of others that's the most important thing is like when they talk about freedom they're just talking about themselves you know like medical freedom health freedom so i mean there is some nuance like there's protests all over the world and you know mandates and quarantines they do work we it'd be great if we didn't need them but they're necessary when the, not enough people get vaccinated number one yeah, it's not no, like they totally. started off with mandates, they, right? So there is some nuance here because throughout history, medicine has been used um, on, mostly on immigrants and on Native and Black Americans, um, like like weaponized medicine. But they don't know any of this stuff. I guarantee you, they do not know this history, especially if it involves Black or Indigenous or immigrant people, right? So there is some nuance that is worth a discussion later on, but. What we're seeing is mandates and quarantines, they're necessary because not enough people got vaccinated. The more people get vaccinated, the sooner we would have been over with this thing to begin with. Most of these like big pandemics last two or three years, we have better medicine now. We have better measures. There's more things we can do and we know more now. We could have mitigated this a long time ago in such a better way. At the, so at many- the same time, though, at, I mean, at the same time, like, the, like the, there have been anti-vax movements before. I mean... It's not since the beginning, since the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the um, but you can look at the data on the history and, you know, the debt. Look at smallpox. The deaths were enormous. And then once like Germany and Sweden, once they got sort of vaccinating people um, and, you know, they 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 instituted mandates and quarantines. And even in the U.S., there's, there's a whole history of mandates and quarantines um because of of outbreaks you know it goes back george washington did it 
in the early 19th century, there was all sorts of laws and you know, requirements, vaccine passports, whatever you want to call them. Um, like for smallpox, either you got vaccinated or you had a scar. You had these pox marks on your body. And yeah, well, you know, that, I mean that. Yeah, that was one of the things that could happen. But I just want to, I just because we only have like ten minutes left, I just want to bring it back to Djokovic again and just say, you know, it does seem like they have a kind of a a win win here, like you like like you mentioned, which is just to say that you know either he is barred and he's a martyr or he, uh, you know, somehow like, like beats the deportation in which case he's a hero. Yeah. Like, you can't, there is, exactly. there, there's, there's no bad option for that. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's because they're looking at the world and th- th- their worldview is, you know, like they're already superior, you know, based on health. So no matter what, and all the grifting is built into it. So no matter what happens, they're going to, you know, like you said, they're it's a win-win for them. It's not looking good, in my opinion. Like, these guys aren't going anywhere. The protests are bigger in Europe than they are here in the States. And a lot of these, like, health or medical freedom uh, seminars or workshops, like these big weekend gatherings, there's some of these are pretty big. J.P. Sears has talked at a few of them. It's like the libertarian type. So these guys, I don't know. I mean, I think at some point, you know, hopefully soon, you know, people, you know, things will start getting less infections. Um, but these cultures and industries will continue to grow. No matter what, he's going to make himself a martyr. They're already making him a hero. And anybody who, like, goes against the system, like, it's very superficial, you know. And you can't do anything about it because they're going to win either way. Yeah. And, you know. And so, yeah. yeah, it's not looking good in my opinion. But these things are like, you know, like we're saying, they're historical. Anti-vax movement has been around since vaccines started. Um, it's just that the bigger problem is the, 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 the merging of the wellness and anti-vaxxers with the right-wing um, ultra-conservative movement. That's the biggest problem. They're all merging together. That, that, that documentary, Plandemic, that came out, um, I think it was 2020, it came out. Like That was um, John Birch Society. A big part of that was John Birch Society propaganda in that documentary. So all of these like seemingly disparate groups are been merging together. That's a I think a big threat. And a big part of it is in the fitness industry, not just the holistic health and wellness. So I think Djokovic is gonna he'll most likely, you know, just like use it uh, to his advantage no matter what. And these yeah. guys are all, they'll yeah. just keep using this in their marketing, you know, they'll just keep using it in their marketing. They all do it, like a Mercola. Oh, look at the guys who get like using cancel culture, like like Jordan Peterson. Just you know, he just resigned, and he's like, "Oh, cancel culture!" Like they're right, all right, all these right. He's, making, he's, try, he's trying to he's trying to make himself the victim for something. That, yeah, I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other conversation. But I think that that's like I mean that's pretty dead on though. You know, they're they're just going to use it for their own advantage. I mean, you know, I was looking at. Uh, Chervin's Instagram, you know, one of the top comments is David Avocado Wolf. I mean, all of oh these guys, they're, they're all kind of circulating in this same uh, little area here. Yeah. And it just seems they, like, and, and like you're saying, like, they're, they're only getting more, more and more popular. And it seems to be almost, and, and this isn't just me, uh, this guy at the Irish Times uh, wrote this, but, you know, conspirituality is kind of turning 
into something like by itself of a political movement, like by itself. And so, you know, what does that mean? You know, in, because, you know, the pandemic will end one way or another within a couple of years, uh, you know, whether we get there responsibly or not, it's not going to go on forever. And so, you know, where are we at after that? You know, because because people are going to be declaring victory over this stuff and saying that their method worked. I don't know. Just uh, I think it's going like to there are a lot of great answers here. Yeah, I think they're going to continue to grow and merge, and it's going to be a very large ultra conservative party or whatever. A variety of groups. They're already like merging um, with politics. They have been for a while. So. You see these um, obscure groups like a lot of people don't know anything about John Burr Society. They don't know um, who these, you know, conservative, you know, uh, groups from the you know 1950s are. Um, so I think they're all going to continue to merge. And the reason wellness and holistic health is easy to merge with right wing ultra conservatism is because it's a lot of the same ideas like contempt for other contempt for public health. Like no concern, no concern about public well-being. It's just like they want to punish others. They even look at the obesity rhetoric. The people who like are like, you know, obesity is bad. Like it's they just really want to. They just have contempt and they want to punish others. And they don't do anything for public health. They just sell fucking supplements and promote their diet. They think that diet. Everyone just needs this diet, and you can be healthy or be spiritual or whatever. So I think they're going to continue to merge and grow. And if you look at like, in my opinion, like Peter Thiel, he's a very big influential person uh, with right wing culture. And there is already wellness and fitness people associated with those groups. And they'll most likely just continue to grow together and do more and get more involved in politics. So I don't know. I think like Djokovic isn't the only athlete. There was a few other athletes over the last few years that spoke out uh, similarly. Yeah. So yeah, I well, think they'll just keep going the same direction yeah. and it's going to get worse. And then they'll well, just keep selling their shit, their, their supplements, you know, and they're, they'll have more proof to sell more anecdotes to sell their supplements. Well, I think we're going to have to have you come back on and talk more about this. Um, well, dude, I want to talk about Nazi Germany, who had the largest organic farming operation in Europe and who, like, all of this stuff, like I said, comes from 19th century. Nazi Germany instituted it. They really did more, and people don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, all right. So let's talk about that next time for sure. So you have um, you have an article coming out. Where can people find that? So my blog is urbanantonio.com. And I'll have an article. I should have two articles out. So I have final exams next week, first of all. So um, hopefully I get the article out on vaccine history. And then I have like, uh, it's like all, all these, the, the really hardcore uh, right-wing extremists that, who have been involved in the fitness industry the last few years. Like I'm like one of the only people who's tracked it. So I've tracked all the like merging of right-wing extremism and fitness. Um, so I want to put out a couple paragraphs on that, on what I've seen. Um, but the vaccine history is really interesting. I think people will appreciate it, you know, because cool. it's all historical. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll keep an eye out for it and and we'll uh, we'll promote it on the newsletter. Uh, you know, if you're if you're listening on the app, please, please give the, the podcast a subscribe and, and click on the newsletter and, and sign up for that as well. So you can get that delivered to you. 
uh, in your inbox and we'll have Antonio stuff uh, or at least like a, a, a quick link to it there as well. Uh, Antonio, thank you so much for coming. You're and welcome. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, have a wonderful week and we'll see you next Monday. All right. Thank Bye. you, man.